Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Well, glory to God. Tonight, I want to be talking to you, and I want to come to you with this understanding of the anointing. What is the anointing? What does it do? We use this terminology sometimes, and for some of you, this might be new, like, oh, you know, the anointing. What is the anointing? How does the anointing work? What is this all about? And one of the things I want to do is I'm, I'm just going to, what exactly is the anointing? The anointing is really the Holy Spirit, okay? And you want to go to Acts 10.38. I kind of jumped over some stuff, but I just want you to see this, and we're going to take our time, and I want you to see this. The anointing is the Holy Spirit, so every teaching that you and me hear about the Holy Spirit is teaching about the anointing. I really want to clarify this. I remember, you know, I'm really going to start, you know, that just quickened me as I said that from the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was first, um, you know, walking out Christianity, you know, I'd just gotten saved and I didn't know all this stuff. I mean, some of the terminology was so like, um, it was so vague to me. And nobody really made it clear, so I couldn't get a clear picture of it. And I remember sometimes I was getting frustrated because I was like, man, what is this? You know, what is this thing? So I, I'm going to try to make this as clear as possible for you to understand what the anointing is. And I want you to look at Acts 10.38, and look what it says in Acts 10.38. It says, how God anointed, everybody see it there? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healed all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, there's a lot of stuff to see here, okay? Now, we understand that healing is oppression. Sickness and disease is the devil's oppression, because Jesus said if you get healed, what? The people that needed healing were oppressed of the enemy. So we know that all sickness and all disease came from hell, amen? And he went about doing good, and he would anoint. What did he anoint him with? Holy Ghost and power, amen? So what exactly is the anointing, okay? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I like that. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Every single teaching, me and you, hear about the Holy Spirit, he's talking about the anointing, okay? Because you gotta understand something. The, what does it mean to anoint someone? Okay, anointing can mean a, um, a, a substance used to anoint a person. Like, you know, like I say, like, we don't, like, walk around anointing people. Sometimes you'll see anointing with oil. But, like, you know, we don't walk around anointing ourselves. But how many you know, like, it's almost like this. You could, you, like, you know, like, all the ladies use all that skin cream stuff. When you put it on, the lotion, you rub it in your hands, right? Anointing a person means what? It can mean a substance used to anoint. Like you rub it in, you, you smear it in. For example, anointing oil, right? We, we anoint you with oil. Anointing can also mean the act of pouring oil on something. Do you see that? So to anoint something. Like you would say, you anoint yourself with cologne in the natural. You really do. You anoint yourself with perfume. You put it on. You see this? Well, Jesus was anointed with Holy Ghost and power. Do you get it? He was, he was rubbed in Holy Ghost. He was rubbed in power. Right now, if I said to you, you're rubbed in lotion, you know what I mean? 
It's anoint. To anoint means to rub in. You see it? To pour on. So I could pour, I could pour oil over your head like David. Remember, ran off his beard? Come on, right? You see a little symbolic thing, Samuel, right? An oil, anointing, oil, right? But there's a, so what was Jesus anointed with? What was Jesus poured into and rubbed into? Holy Ghost and power. Went about doing good, okay? But what, was, what is the anointing? When we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the Holy Ghost. When a person is anointed, God Almighty himself moves to rest upon a person within a person to be with the person in a special way. This is what makes the anointed person very powerful. A person within. This is what makes you and me strong and powerful because God is with us. When you're dealing with an anointed person, you're actually dealing with God. When you're dealing with an anointed person, you're dealing with the Holy Spirit. That is what we got to pull in. So when we start talking about how, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, I mean, two things. He got the Holy Ghost and he got the power. We are anointed with the Holy Ghost and the power. Because I got news for you. The power and the Holy Ghost are one. Okay? Well, how did you get the power? You didn't get the power until you got the Holy Ghost. And when you got the Holy Ghost, you got the power. Amen? So don't go complicating it. Just know this. When I'm talking about the anointing, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost, so you got all the benefits, but you got it when you got what? When you got saved and you got filled. In Acts chapter 2, what did it say? And a mighty rushing wind, right? They were filled. Amen? Well, what? The Holy Ghost. What did the Holy Ghost bring with him? All his attributes. Gifts, power, fruit, fruit of the Spirit, all of it. But here's what I want you to know and understand. You cannot live this Christian life in the place of power without the Holy Spirit ever present and a daily means. Because if you're not careful, you'll start walking out Christianity in a natural state of mind, even though God wants you to stand in a spiritual position. And that's where the problems show up. We start trying to do this stuff in the natural. And when you start trying to do it in the natural, you're not going to change in the natural you're not going to win in the natural. You're not going to overcome in the natural. You're not going to function in the natural. you got to function supernatural, supernatural power of God to change your life. Look right here in Zechariah chapter 4. My God in heaven. I'm going to read this in the message because it reads a little better. Zechariah 4 and 1. We're going to read all the way through verse 10 because it sounds, it's, it's really good. It's really good teaching, Amen. Because this could show you some stuff, and this is what I want you to see. So what, is the, what exactly is the anointing? It's the Holy Ghost. So when you start talking about this anointing, you were anointed. And I want to show you a bunch of scripture. You know, you know, you were anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. The anointing came on you. What is the anointing? Look at Zechariah 4 and 1, Message Bible. It says, the messenger angel again called me to attention. Now I like that. The messenger angel. Woo! Ooh, come on, somebody. Don't you like that ring? The messenger angel. He came to, he came to um, Zerubbabel. <laughs> he came, came, I love that, right? The message to Zerubbabel, right? Praise the Lord. And you know what he came and he said to, to what, he, what he came and he said to Zacharias, said this. He said, the angel came and called me to attention, and it was like being awakened out of a deep sleep. He said, what do you see? I like this. 
What do you see? Come on, somebody. That'll preach right there. What do you see? I answered and I said, I seen a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, seven lamps. And this is where you get to teaching the seven spirits of God. A lot of guys will teach out of that. The seven lamps, the seven spirits of God, with seven spouts are set on the bowl. And there are two olive trees, one on either side of all. Then I asked the messenger angel, what does this mean, sir? And the angel said, can't you tell? He said, no, sir. I said, and then he said, this is God's message to you, Zerubbabel. See, now this is what I'm saying, right? He's saying, look, he's trying to explain it to him. He's saying, listen, God's trying to give him a message that he was given a mission. Now, you're going to see this. He was given a call of God to rebuild the temple, but it didn't look like it was working out, right? You ever get a mission from heaven to grow in your spiritual life, for maybe for your marriage, for your business, for your life? For whatever avenue of life you're in, you're on this journey, and then all of a sudden, this is God's message. to You can't force these things. They only come about through my spirit, says the God of the angel armies. And this is where we get, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Same way, but I want you to see this. So this is the message to Zerubbabel. What's that? This is the message to you today. You can't force this stuff. It's only going to come through the spirit. So Big Mountain, why do you think, and basically, who do you, let me read it to you. So Big Mountain, who do you think you are next to Zerubbabel? You're nothing but a molehill. See that right there? He's saying, listen, this great mountain of adversity, this great mountain of obstacle, this great mountain of super trying to supersede what God can do in your life, next to you, Zerubbabel, it ain't no big deal. It's a molehill. He'll proceed to set the cornerstone in the place accompanied by cheers. Yes, yes, do it. What is he saying? He's been given a mission. He's been given a mandate. He's been given a purpose. He's been given a calling. And he's going to finish what he went out to start, even though it doesn't look like what he started could be finished. After the word of the Lord came to me, Zerubbabel started to rebuild his temple, and he will complete it. That will be a confirmation that the God of the angel armies sent me to you. Man, that's strong. It'll be what? It'll be a confirmation. Zerubbabel, start rebuilding this temple and he will complete it. That will be your confirmation that God of the angel armies sent me to you. Now watch verse 10. Does anyone... Dare despise this day of small beginnings. Ain't that big? That's big. Like, oh, it's no big deal. No, it is. They're big. They'll change their tune when they see Zerubbabel setting the last stone in place. He said, look, like, can you imagine building a wall and you only got like a couple rocks and you're thinking like, oh, my God, and they're laughing at you? He said this, going back to the vision, the messenger angel said, the seven lamps are the eyes of God probing the dark corners of the world like searchlights. And what is he saying? He's saying, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not in your ability. It's not by your physical strength. It's not by your opportunity of how you are going to overcome your life and the cares and the affairs of life. You are going to overcome because of the anointing. Because of God's spirit on your life, you're going to be an overcomer. 
And this is what you got to see, because Jesus used the anointing to change his life. You're going to use the anointing to change your life. Remember that? And that's so, so good. Because I want you to look at this in Luke 4.18. You all know what this says, and this is important. you got to see this now. Jesus did it like this. In Luke 4.18, if you look at it in King James, it reads simple. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, I want you to see this in a minute. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because why? He has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. Now, see, remember we said this? It's God. Now, the anointing is God with you. God in you and God upon you. Write that down. It's huge. What is the anointing? The anointing is, so basically it's the Holy Spirit with you, it's the Holy Spirit in you, and it's the Holy Spirit upon you. Ooh, let's, let's do that again. What is the anointing? It is, well, what are you anointing with? Ketchup? You know, being serious, you could, you know, you, if, you, if you basically took a bottle of mustard and squirted it on your arm and rubbed it in there, you just anointed yourself with mustard. I know this is the goofiest thing in the world, but you're going to see it because this used to bother me because I couldn't understand this stuff and nobody made it plain. I'm making it plain. You want to be anointed with honey? You would actually go out, get honey, and pour it all over yourself. That sounds crazy, but that's what the anointing. What are you anointed with? Rubbed in. You see, we say, the, oh, the anointing's here. That's basically saying the Holy Spirit's in the room. You see what I'm saying? Now, that's cool, but you don't know this stuff. You think like, hey, the look what he said in Luke 4, 18. He's explaining it, so you get it. The Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. Because he has what? Anointed me. Now, watch this. Watch this. Jesus didn't have the Holy Spirit upon him. Now, I'm going to say something here. Now, this could be controversial, but I don't, you know, I don't know, whatever. I believe this. Jesus, when he came to the earth as a man, he didn't have the spirit within. He didn't have the spirit with. Come on, somebody. He didn't have the Holy Spirit upon. He just was, he was riding it in solo. He was riding it like a mere mortal man. Because if the Holy Spirit would have started helping him, come on, somebody, in the natural Phase of life. So then 33 years of Jesus' earth life, God couldn't help him. You see this? I'm telling you, listen to me, man. And I know what you're going to say to yourself. And I ask the same question. Like, well, if God wasn't with him, how in the heaven was he casting out devils? How was he doing all these miracles? How did he do these things? Because, listen, this is what I'm, I'm showing you something here. I believe this, that Jesus... Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So literally what was happening was the Holy Spirit wasn't per se helping him like he helps me and you because that would have made it like almost like he needed the Holy Spirit to descend like a dove. Remember when Jesus came up out of the baptism at the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit descended from above and the dove came upon and the dove was within and the dove was with. That was like spiritually saying, now the Holy Spirit was with him and now we're on the other side of it, how God anointed him, right, with the Holy Ghost in power. He's living that. But before then, he had to do it on his own in the name. He had the authority of the name. But the authority in the name, it's kind of crazy as this. He lived his life in the authority of the name, but he was the name. But the name, this is the cool part, check this out. But the name was still established in a position of authority even before. And then after he did the acts of death, burial, and resurrection, that name, 
still had the same power it did in the beginning, but nobody was using the name. Remember when even when the sons of Sceva, the devils came, they said, we come in, Paul, Paul, Paul had this name. They used the name. We come in the name, we come in the name of Paul. The God that Paul, they got beat up. You see what I'm saying? That name had power. And anybody that used the name still had what? The position of power until the resurrection life took place. So I don't want to get into all that because, you know, it's kind of vague too because nobody really knows. It's kind of like, well, you know, you could, you could, you could, you could basically, um, you could look at it scripturally and you see it, but, you know, why did Jesus have power? Well, he still had power, but he didn't have the help of the Holy Spirit until after the River Jordan. So you got to go, well, leave it up to faith and just read the Bible. Luke 4, 18, he makes it very clear. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He just left the river. And the spirit led him into the wilderness, right? And then after he had that wilderness experience, tempted of the devil and not giving up authority, he had this experience, what? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery side of the blind, to set at liberty them to bruise, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, right there, that's, that's going to get you. So the Spirit of the Lord is what? Well, what is the Spirit of the Lord? The Holy Spirit. He is what? Upon me. So we have the whole, know ye not that the, now, like, let's look at us, because that's great, but who, what do we got? We have the Holy Spirit. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God? We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the Holy Spirit with us, and we have the Holy Spirit upon us, okay? Okay, he's with me. God with me, God in me, God upon me. So, man, that's really good. That's really good. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because why? He anointed me to do what? Now, you watch this. Now, go slow. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to do some stuff. Jesus, what have you now been anointed to do? Preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance, recover the sight of the blind, set them that are liberty that have been bruised, and to preach the year of Jubilee, recovery of everything. Now that's where now that's his lane, man. He could he'd been anointed to do it. And when he starts stepping out in that anointing, the Holy Ghost comes on him to anoint him to do it. Same thing for me and you. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He what? So are you getting this? Like, see this? The Holy Spirit is upon me, Jesus, because he anointed him to preach. So if you've been anointed to preach, I need, like, I've been anointed to preach. So the Holy Spirit has to come upon me so I could preach. Now, the better I preach, the better the Holy Spirit has come upon me. He sent me to heal. The better I work in healing, the better the Holy Spirit has come upon me. I am limited by what I can do based upon how much God comes on me. You've been in service, you get it. You've seen it more effective than other times. Why? It's as the Spirit of God wills. I could do everything to prepare for him to come, but sometimes he comes like he comes. Are you, are, is this making sense? So you understand? So you've been anointed for work. 
That's why we just had that business meeting. We're getting ready to have another one. But that business meeting was all about that. Why? You, you, you think you're anointed to be a king in the workplace. You've been anointed to do what you do. You need the anointing for this. So what you need is you need God's presence to come on your business. If you're anointed to be, see, he, he gave priests and kings. Remember we read that in Revelation, the kings and priests? Okay, the priests, the priests, like I'm a priest, right? Like I'm a preacher, but I'm, I stand in the office of the priesthood, right? So as, so as I go to preach, guess how good I am? Only as good as that anointing comes on me. You want to know? Now we're going to talk about that. How do we increase the anointing? Well, that's from spending time, prayer time, word time. I can get better. But how many of you know this? I can pray all day, read all day, get prepared all day, but I'm only as good as God coming on me. So that, that's not as the spirit of God wills. You see what I'm saying? But I'm going to be effective. That's why you can't just go around. Now, listen, I, could, I, could, I pray for everybody. I, I preach. You can get the same gift through faith. But I can't, I can't get miracles. That was powerful. I think the Lord liked that. That one kind of got me. I was like, what is that? I think God likes what I'm preaching about around here. Hallelujah. Right? But how do you get... How do you get miracles? You can't just fabricate, you know, run around like, oh, God God does a miracle, opens blind eyes. I can't just go to blind eye meetings all day long. It's as the Spirit of God wills. Man. Did you pull that in? I think God agrees with me. Did you hear that? But I like it. And I want you to pull it in, too, because it's so important that you get this. And I think it's, I think it's awesome because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, which means he's upon you. He's upon you to do the work of the ministry. Now watch this. You say I ain't a preacher. It's okay. He anointed you for work. That's what people got to start getting. You are not, as a Christian, you're, you've been anointed, the kids been anointed to go to school. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were smarter than all those other Hebrew kids. You know why? The anointing was on them. Joseph had favor. The anointing was on him. Abraham had favor. He's wealthy. Wealth, you got an anointing to prosper. Because this is the big thing. Now, let me show you this. Why do we need the anointing in the daily of cares of life? Isaiah 10, 27. Now, some of you know these scriptures, but you really got to pull these in. You know, Isaiah, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, you got to understand something. What is the anointing? It's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Now, what does that mean? And yokes will be broken. They're going to be broken by the anointing. Now, I want you to understand this. What do you mean? You get some things you get connected to. A yoke is on an ox's neck, right? You ever see that? You know what the yoke is? Like, I went somewhere like India, and they, had, they actually had oxen plowing the field. Like, here we got, like, John Deere tractors. You know, you don't see any, you know, we've, we've kind of evolved. But, but the yoke was done with this. They would take two big ox, and they would get this yoke. And what the yoke would do, it, was tra- it would trap this ox 
in this, in this harness and it would trap another one right next to him and they would put this plow shear on it and they yoke, he would get in, couldn't get out once he got him in and they, they would plow the field because of the yoke but it was a burden on them so the, the animals really, now I seen this ox, this thing was so big, it was crazy, I, like it was just, because it was plowing fields all the time and I was like, whoa, and I put it together, I said, that's that yoke that he's talking about, it's a yoke and they would put two oxen in this thing, and the yoke would be around their neck, and they would plow the field. How many of you know this? He said, the yoke shall be destroyed. Ooh, come on, somebody. Come on. And taking off that, and burdens. How many of you got some yokes and burdens you need destroyed? Come on, somebody. If any yoke's going to be broken, it's going to be because of the anointing. That means you cannot naturally fix your life. You better get this. You better write that down. You better meditate on it. You are not going to naturally fix your life. You need the power of God to fix your life. It is not, listen to this, it is, now watch this. I'm going to give you something here that's going to be life-changing if you catch it. Okay, if, 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 if anything's going to be broken off your life, it's going to be because of the anointing. Not the preacher, not the prophet, not the evangelist, not the pastor, not your friend, not your neighbor, not the church. The only way to get yokes and burdens to be destroyed off of people is because of the anointing. Now, the anointing will come on preachers, prophets, pastors, teachers, church to break your yoke, but it ain't coming because you got some natural self-help group thing. It ain't happening. Because he said, he said this, listen, said this, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy neck, off thy shoulder, and the yoke from off his neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. He didn't say this stuff was going to be destroyed because you got a self-help group. He, now, I'm, going to get, I'm going to go somewhere. Listen, he didn't say inner healing. He didn't say counseling. He didn't say me- meditating in the brand new year. He said, Do you got to get the anoint. You got to go somewhere where the anointing shows up to destroy some burdens and take care of some yokes, man. You got to get around the power of God. Do you see that? It's the power of God. So check this out. It's not the prophet that breaks the yoke. It's not the pastor that breaks. It's not the man of God that breaks the yoke. It is not the anointed pastor that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. You must understand this. If any yokes are going to be broken, it's by the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the anointing on the pastor that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing on the church that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing in the meeting that breaks the yoke. It's, come on, man. It's the anointing in the ministry gift that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing in. What's that mean? The Holy Ghost has got to show up. This is why we fight Sunday morning to get the anointing to come in the building. Because if you got, man, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to kick me out of the ministry. But I don't really care. See, here's the problem. If you really care about helping people, you just want the anointing to show up because you know you can't do it, preacher. But if you just want to keep them coming back every week, you, you put on a show. Because I got to keep you entertained from week to week. Nah. I'm telling you what. If this church doesn't explode, you better pray for America, man. Look at what I just said. I'm, I know, and I'm, trust me, I'm not the greatest pastor in the world, but this is what I know. I can't help none of you people, man. I need God. Now, listen, you know what I'm saying. I can give you advice, and I can do that, and I can be here, and I love you, and I'm going to pray for you, and I can do all that. And, God, and you want to know why God shows up? He shows up because I put a demand on the anointing. That's why he shows up. 
He'd been showing up for me from day one in the ministry. He's going to show up for me day when I walk off the face of the earth for the ministry because I ain't doing this without him, man. So that's what I'm saying. And I'm not picking on anybody else, but it's like, you were, you're going to sit here and wait for the presence of God? Man, I, I used to go, I'm going to tell you right now, like it or not like it, I used to go to church way back in the day, and I mean, I was like, and I'd be in like an atmosphere, like I'd go see somebody that was like, man, these cats used to worship God for an hour. An hour. Hour and 10 minutes. Wouldn't come out of the building until the power of God showed up. Wouldn't show up to the anointings. Why? Because when you care about what people need, you know you can't meet the supply. The anointings got to show up in the room. That's why we got to sing the right songs. That's why the atmosphere's got to be right. That's why the message has got to be tight. That's why we got to be in place because we need God's presence. And when God, I, I got a testimony just this week from last, the one Sunday. They said, pa- Pastor, I felt the breeze. It ain't the air condition in here, man. You know how many people have been telling me that's the fifth, wait, one, two, three. Three people told me in the last month I felt the physical breeze and it was not the air condition. I felt the breeze. My eyes were closed. I was lifting my hands to God and I felt like there was a presence of a breeze. He's like a wind, man. Now that's not what we're looking for, but what's that mean? We know he's in the building. We see the manifestations of him. Well, I go to church and we... Hey, man, I don't know how, but if he don't manifest himself, this is the question. If God's in the building, right, if he is, maybe he's in the teaching. It's very anointed. Great. Maybe we're just teaching, and the anointing's there at all. It manifests in different ways, but I know that I got to get God to show up to help you break your Look, think of Jesus, right? Ooh, check it They didn't have no anointing in the Old Testament. The anointing showed up. The presence of God was shut up in the Holy Holies. But God anointed the king to stand in the office. And that's what you got to see. That's what Jesus was a type and shadow of. He stood in the office. And that's why it worked. He would anoint the priest to stand in the office. And he would anoint the prophet to stand in that office. The spirit of God would come upon these types of individuals and enable them to do the work. Mm. God's still anointing people, man. And I'm going to show you how to increase that anointing, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to go get into all that right now. God's anointed people. This is the big one, okay? Priest, prophet, you're anointed. Man, you can go in the presence of God now. Get that anointing on you. By my spirit, says the Lord. I love that. Don't you love that? I like that one too. Hey, can you look at Luke 4.14? King James is great. Luke 4.14. Can we look at this? Come on, people. Luke 4.14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit on the Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout the region about. <laughs> Jesus returned from where? Come on. 418, right? Where'd he come from? He come up from that river where the Holy Ghost came on him. The Holy Ghost came on him. The Holy Ghost came on him. My God in heaven, I feel the Spirit of God in that. That's what you understand about Jesus, man. You want to see this? Look, 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 look. Look Look at Luke 3. Look at Luke 3, 21. Now, I'm just giving you more scriptures. This is good. It's okay. We can go here because you got to understand this. Look at Luke 3.20. Now when all the people were baptized, 
it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. And praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. He got a no, you see that? You see that? Now watch, now watch now. Then he goes on, right? Luke, we, now chronologically we understand that the, the Bible, you know, the, like there's a chronological order of the Bible that all the books are all like, if you get one of those Bibles, like it's, you know, it, it starts like, it doesn't go in like Luke chapter three, followed succession of the timeline. This is just Luke's writing of what he saw. But we understand from the moment of the River Jordan, that it went three went to four, meaning like in his timeline. And when you go to, when you see what happened was he came up out of the river Jordan, great. Then when we go to Luke four, we understand this, that the spirit of God um, led him into the wilderness. Look at Luke four and one. Now we can go to Luke four and one. Now he just came up out of the river Jordan. He just seen the dove descending upon him like a spirit. We understand that he's not a dove. We used to sing that song, oh, sweet heavenly dove. He's a powerhouse, amen? Luke 4 and 1, because I'm, I'm giving you this on the go, said that Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to give you a minute to pull that up so they could see it. So you see where he came out of the River Jordan. We talked about the rest of chapter 3 talks about the genealogy of Christ, which, you know, where he came from. We understand where he came from. We understand how it all went. But look at Luke 4 and 1. Luke 4 and 1 says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Are you seeing this? So he got baptized and now he's filled with the Holy Ghost. But wasn't he filled with the Holy Ghost before? No. He wasn't. See? Now his ministry's kicking off. Okay? See this? Now, glimpses and manifestations of his ministry, okay, were taking place, but nothing really came into real effect till after after he come up out of the River Jordan. What I was trying to show you before was remember periodic times like he would he went to the temple as a child. Like where did he get this wisdom? There was there was there was kind of like these tells, but he didn't do the work of the ministry. Devils manifested and said, "Son of God, it's not our time." He didn't have the he he was walking in the authority but he didn't, he didn't have the Holy Spirit helping him in the ministry yet. You see what I'm saying? There was still, he was still, he was still who he was. And you had to go in the spirit world to see it, but he didn't do nothing until the Holy Ghost came on him. Get what I'm saying? And greater works will these will me and you do. I'm trying to get you to understand this, that Jesus needed, what am I trying to get you to see? Jesus didn't do nothing without the Holy Ghost and neither are you. You understand that? Jesus didn't do nothing without the Holy Ghost and neither will you. So check this out. Now Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost, returning from the Jordan where he got baptized and was led into the spirit by the wilderness, right? And what happens there? He gets tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. Y'all remember this? And we say, it is written, it is written, it is written. Man, so not live by bread alone. Man, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that stuff. It is written. Ooh, come on, somebody. And he overcomes the temptation of the Lord. And what happens? And then the Bible says, he goes, right? And he began his ministry. So now he goes back to the church in Luke 4, remember? As he did in times past. If you read verse 16, you'll see this. 
Look, I, let, let, let them just see it. So they, they, you can start with 14 if you like. Let them read that scripture. Because I skipped. They need this. I'm in a rush to go. I don't know where. What are you going to do? Watch soap operas for crying out loud? You'll be listening to me all night long. Look, you know, some people say they play me all day. Angela, you got to be tired of hearing me. I hear me, and you, you always listen to me. I got people at the house. They said, oh, man, I'm so, I, I listen to you all day long. Probably be good for you. And Jesus returned into power of the spirit in the Galilee, and there went out of fame. See it? Returned into power of the spirit. So he got the Holy Ghost. He went through the temptation, and he taught in the synagogue, being glorified all. Now watch 16. His ministry changes. He comes to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, so he's done this before, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up for the read. But today was a different day. Come on, somebody. And there was delivered the book of Elijah, right? right? And he said this, Isaiah, I'm sorry, the book of Isaiah, and he said this, he said when he opened up the book, what happened? He found the place where it was read. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come up, my God, in heaven. He, wait, wait, wait. And there he's living in the book. And well, he opened the book and found a place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he anointed me. What? To preach the gospel to the poor, recover the sight of blind, all that. The preacher said, he closed the book, gave it again, and the minister sat down, and all the eyes that were fast on began to say, this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He said, so basically what he said, what I just read is who I am and what I can do. They are mad. Man, you with me? Are you with me? Somebody say, yeah, I'm with you. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you're with me. But what do you mean they're mad? I'm going to prove it to you. You want to see it? Everybody's like, show it to me. Show it to me. It's true. They're mad. Okay? Because what he's really doing is it's funny. He basically... Look, the preacher accepted it. He closed the book, gave it to me, and all them again said the scripture for the year. And all bear witness with him wondered the gracious word which proceeded out of the mouth. And they say, isn't this Joseph's boy? Ain't that the carpenter kid? Right? They're trying to say, you, what you, you just said that the anointing's on you to do all these miracles. Ain't you Joseph's son? You're just a normal mortal man. He said, look, and he said to them, you will surely say this proverb, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever you heard in Capernaum, also do in this country. He said, verily I say, you know, prophet is accepted in his own what? Country. But I tell you the truth. Then he goes on to say, he said, if you can receive what's on me, you can have it. Are you pulling this in? The anointing makes the difference. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing. Now watch this. Now I'm going to give you something, right? You got to get in the anointing in church, but the anointing's in the word. That's what you got to start seeing. That same power that Jesus is talking about, he found in the word of God. The anointing is in the word. And I'm going to say this, the more the minister has the word buried in his heart, the more anointed he is. You see that? I'm telling you, man, the Holy Ghost is getting ready. So you, we're going to study the anointing over the next couple of weeks. This same anointing, Jesus said, I'm ready to do this thing. They got mad at him in verse 28, and they don't even go there. They rose up to throw him out of the city. You thought they are going to have him prayed for you. You showed up anointed. Man, I'm telling you, man, people get mad. I remember when I first started preaching, I thought everybody was going to be clapping. They hated me, man. 
They really do. The church is the worst because the church doesn't really want to see the miracles as much as you think they do. And I figured it out early in the ministry because if somebody gets it in the building, that means you got to go for it. So a lot of times what happens is church like status quo Christianity and don't rock the boat Christianity. And I'm kind of glad it's down the road Christianity because if I got to make a change right now in this season of life I'm in, I don't know if I'm willing to pay the price to do that. So that's cute that that happened for Sister Mary over there. But I don't want to, don't challenge me in me having to go get it. And that's the thing that happens. As much as you think they'd want to see it, they fight it because that means they got to change. Now that's not here because we got an open heaven. Because there ain't a devil in hell going to stop us because we, we, we know how to put him in his place. See what I'm saying? You got authority and power in this thing, and we're walking it. We're going to talk about the anointing probably all month. You know, we just, we just last week had a powerful faith seminar. You need to go back, and you need to listen to Wednesday and Thursday faith seminar because you got to get faith to activate all this stuff. And it's all important. It's kind of like saying, you know, it's like, you know, the hard part with the messages we preach is like, Oh, you can live without one, without the other. You can't. You got to put the whole thing together and make sure it transforms your life. So let me pray for you and let's learn more about the anointing this month and change our life. And notice, you're never hopeless with God. All you got to do is connect to the power and change your life. Amen. Father, I thank you right now today for this message about the anointing, the power of God, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God, the smeared-in, rubbed-in presence of God. I thank you, Father, that from this day forward, we are going to understand the anointing in a greater way. We're going to operate in the anointing in a greater way. And we're going to allow the anointing to change and transform our life in a greater way. And as we walk in a greater anointing and as we become hungry for spiritual gifts and we become hungry for the anointing and we become hungry for the presence of God, we are going to see the change and the transformation we need to see in every area of our life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, guys, I love you. I'm so excited you're here. Don't forget, you can even share it right now. We're going to be talking about the anointing over the next couple weeks to see your life change. And I want you to know something. This anointing can change your family, change your future. So stay connected. Stay with us. Stay on it. And don't forget, as long as you keep putting God first in your life, everything else is coming, man. Seek first him and all that other stuff will show up. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.